0: Introducing TechPoint Foundation for Youth's STEMcast, sponsored by Roche. Roche Diagnostics is a proud sponsor of the STEMcast. Roche Diagnostics has been a part of the Indianapolis landscape since 1964. More than 4,000 employees work to provide insights that help people around the world manage and improve personal health conditions, leading in the development of diagnostic products for cancer, cardiac health, infectious diseases, women's health, and diabetes management. Roche is a proud supporter of TechPoint Foundation for Youth and the Advancement of STEM Education. Each episode is hosted by me, Claire. I'm a robotics student and your guide on this journey behind the curtain of the tech industry. So today we're chatting with Christina from Raspberry Pi. So let's get started. Christina, tell me a little bit about Raspberry Pi. What is it? What's your mission? What do you do?
1: I am a program manager at the Raspberry Pi Foundation. And the Raspberry Pi Foundation is a UK-based charity we are a global nonprofit with the mission of putting digital making into the hands of people all over the world. And we have a small team of us, four of us in North America. So technically, I'm a program manager for North America, which is a probably kind of an absurd job title. But <laughs> um, yeah, there are four of us who are doing the work in the United States mainly um, to fulfill that mission. We have tons of free resources. And if you're interested in exploring coding, you can go to projects.raspberrypi.org. We have over 200 projects there of all levels. You can sort by topic, you can sort by hardware, you can sort by software, you can sort by theme, and you can just explore coding. It's a lot of fun. And we enc- I encourage you to check those projects out.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. I know I'm like I'm gonna have this all, and I'm gonna go home and look it all up. And I get oh, <laughs> <Thank laughs> well, cool, you. yeah.
1: And, and the Raspberry Pi itself came out of it started with that mission, and we're also known for the hardware, which is a Raspberry Pi computer. It's a small credit card uh, size computer that is thirty five dollars. And was created with that goal in mind of making technology, making computing accessible to kids, to adults, so that you could have something because I don't know about you, but like my computer that I have like for work is pretty expensive. And even like the devices you probably get in school. So uh, Raspberry Pi, I think I have one somewhere. But there. Yeah. Have you ever seen one before?
0: I have actually not seen one.
1: Oh, okay. Well, for those of us, those of you listening, we can actually see each other. So I'm going to try and grab one. Okay, so this is what a Raspberry Pi. Oh my gosh,
0: it's so cool! (laughs) Yeah, it's It's really little.
1: Yeah, and the idea is like it's thirty-five dollars, so you shouldn't be scared of it. You you can break it, you can tinker with it, you can attach a motor to it and use it with a robot. Like there's actually two of these on the International Space Station, which is really cool. And we have a program called Astro Pi where kids can write code and send it up and have it run on the ISS. That sounds
0: so cool! Yeah. And then the work
1: that we do is partially this, like making sure folks are aware of this, having an incredible team that makes this a affordable and usable device. Like I have used it before where one day my computer just lost its mind and I need I, I plugged this in and I was working and doing my emails and checking and watching some videos that I had to do with using this computer.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it's really neat.
1: <laughs> and then the other work that the foundation does is... In some cases, it's just around exposing folks to the resources that we have. All of our resources are free. So we have professional development from online courses for learning Python, for learning how to bring coding experiences to your classroom, to a program that we have called Pycademy, which is a professional development. To what I do, I focus on creating experiences for kids. So that looks like Code Club, which is an in-school program that we have. We help teachers and volunteers create coding clubs in schools. Coder Dojo, similarly, but that's more like yeah. in community spaces. Yeah, we feel like, yeah, Coder Dojo in yeah, Indiana. Yeah,
0: I've heard that one. Before. Yeah,
1: and then Cool's uh, Projects, which is an event that we have where kids who can come and share their projects. So we do a lot, and it's absolutely yeah, you're incredible. Yeah, all over the
0: board. That's so awesome. It's so nice to hear that there are people like you that are working and making this possible for people like me. It's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, my first question would be, what has been your biggest failure? Like the biggest failure that has taught you something? <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's start with the, start with the, the tough one, but the, but also <laughs> a really, really good question. I think my biggest failure has not been embracing my weirdness sort of like what makes me different as soon as I could have. I think like a lot of us, I think, I think what, what makes me weird and what makes me has, has helped me to actually thrive as I've gotten older and to, to thrive in my current role. As a kid, like I've, I'm pretty tall. Like actually, I actually have a type for a woman, but I am, yeah. I have been this tall since I was like in third grade. So like I'm five, eight, five, nine. And like, that's how tall I was in third grade. So I was teased. I have like frizzy curly hair, glasses. So you guys are, you're getting the image. Like, And I was teased a lot as a kid and I'm also like loud and I have lots of energy and was, made fun of for that. And that's actually something now for me as adult has helped me to really thrive in the work that I do. It's helped me as an educator to get kids excited about science. I used to teach, I taught middle school science and now helps me in the work that I'm doing to make coding fun and to help introduce folks to code and how they can bring it into their communities. And so I think, yeah, I've been now realize that that what has made me weird and quirky is actually some of my biggest strengths and what's helped me in my current job and helped me to
0: help people that's really good (laughs) thanks it's really good advice I mean just like the the learning that you bring with that like in itself to just be yourself is really cool
1: yeah and I Um, think it's something that for kids for young people like your differences are what's going to help you just become such a great person and such a great contributing member to society. So embrace it, embrace it as soon as you can. I know it's hard because society constantly is telling you, you should change. I I thought I had to straighten my hair. I thought I should be smaller. But when I realized that my physical strength, my mental strength, my passion for just life was actually something that really helped me to, to be able to, yeah, to, to do better things in the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. What was your first aha moment to STEM? When did you first realize you were interested in this and you had a passion for it and you were you were just gonna do it? Yeah. Um
1: when I first hear that question, I think of just like my relation realization to STEM and what I actually just mentioned around I saw my like my dad was a physician, so I was like, okay, well, who's someone I admire? Am I admire my dad, I'll become a physician. And yeah. then um I think for me, I realized how much seeing individuals like having mentors or seeing people in roles really impacted my career path. So I ended up deciding to become a teacher. So I became a middle school teacher. And through middle school and high school, and when I was graduating college, I was kind of freaking out because I had decided I didn't want to be a physician. And that's a whole nother story for another podcast. So I became a teacher because those were people I admired. And then that's now shifted into this role. And I have realized so much that How important representation is and how important it is for young people to see people that they can identify with and that for someone to see someone who looks like them. And for me, especially in my job now, I work really my focus is computer science and making that accessible. And I never saw women in computer science when I was a kid. My middle school, like we had computer class, I don't think it was computer science class. We had computer class, it was mainly PowerPoint and like typing in middle school. And that was a man. And in high school, I was fortunate. I went to a high school with AP computer science. And I I didn't take it. My brother did. And it was taught by a man. I, I just never saw myself in that space until now. Now I I work at an organization where there are so many women who code and it's been really neat to see because it's encouraged me. To, to think about what, what I can do with computer science and how That's that has so shifted. Cool. So I think it really hit me, though, as a science teacher, when I started having female students say that they wanted to go into science because they loved my class. And that meant a lot. And it really made me see the impact of not just my role as a teacher and helping a child learn something, but my role as a, as a woman in science to help other young girls see someone that looked like them, that they could become a scientist as well.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Like I like even as a girl in STEM, like seeing you, seeing you do this, that you're doing it, so I, like I can do this. Like I see there's people like me so I can follow in your example. It's really awesome to see you doing this and following your passion. That's awesome. I love to hear that. So, in high school or middle school even, what were some of the classes that you took that tied into STEM or that you enjoyed the most and would recommend?
1: Some of my favorite classes were art and music classes. I, I took art in high school, I took music theory in high school and then in college, I took some film classes and like Spanish film classes. I was a Spanish minor. And I think those classes have helped me like to continue to realize the impact of just the importance of art. Like our foundation of the work we do, part of our mission is is we want to help people solve the problems in their community. We we want help people to feel like they can like to, to use technology to be creative. And I think that's such an important thing. A lot of really amazing people use technology to solve problems. And, but it's also important for folks to see that technology can be a tool, just like a paintbrush, just like a musical instrument. I think everyone should take an art class. Art was a really big part of my experience as a science teacher. All all my students had science journals and they were always encouraged to draw and record what they were seeing. And I think... We all know, I, I believe that we all know how to draw when we, as, as kids, we we figure it out, we see and we learn and we absorb, and then it changes because we think we have to draw a certain way. And I think art and film and music, it, it's so valuable because you can see someone, see the world from someone else's perspective. And... That I think that's a really important thing and something that we need to bring more of into the STEM space, into technology, more of more empathy, more like love for, for the human experience so that the, the tools that we're making can be tools that are going to help make our society a better place.
0: Whoa, that's so good. Oh my goodness. You just like hit it with your best piece of (laughs) advice ever. Oh my goodness. (laughs) okay, let me like process that really quick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it might take me a couple minutes. It's so, so nice seeing like into a brain similar to mine, like years in advance, right? Oh. Like I'm like 15 years behind you, but like I can see into your brain and I can see it's really cool. Oh,
1: but that, that just gave me chills though, because to hear so- that someone at your age is thinking about these kinds of things, that that's what gives me hope. Like that's what what inspires me.
0: How does Raspberry Pi cultivate young STEM-minded employees? So when we're thinking of
1: uh, folks who are looking to or interested in joining the Raspberry Pi Foundation, we're definitely looking for folks who uh, who are excited, who are excited about learning and who are also excited about about trying new things and about Bringing bringing resources and, and really helping the community like that's what our work is and that's a big task. Our, it's a big mission to want yeah, to bring digital making yeah, to everyone all over the world. I mean, I think about when I was hired and I think about people that I have I have hired and what i was told when i was hired <laughs> what we looked for and <laughs> in, in my case it, it was someone who can work with kids it was someone yeah. who can get kids excited and to be totally honest i had very limited experience with coding like i knew of it i knew it because my brother is actually a software engineer but i was willing to learn and i think yeah. that's an important thing yeah. like folks can learn coding but it's hard to learn a passion for mm-hmm. For people, a passion for creating educational spaces, a passion for helping others. So that's really like what we look for. but it also depends on the role, right? Like it, it and we have so many different types of roles. We have software engineers. We also have a marketing like team. We have a comms team. We have people who look at social media. We have people who um, are past educators. We have an HR
0: team. So yeah, you have everything. Yeah, you just yeah, range yeah, All over the board, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. We're an organization. People don't realize that sometimes. Like they think we're all like these mastermind hackers, but we're
0: not. <laughs> yeah, um, we're all learning, but we're not. It's awesome though, because like people like me can relate to you guys because yeah. you're just like us. Like it's not like you're. I mean, I'm not saying you're not mastermind engineers, like you said, <laughs> but you're just people like me that I can see into. So, what is one step that students like me can take today to set themselves on a path? to a career in STEM.
1: Well, I think the first thing is like to set themselves up like STEM technology like it's just changing so fast. I think the biggest thing and I don't know it's it's kind of an answer, but it's it's to realize that the jobs that they like they can't necessarily prepare for jobs because they may not exist yet.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: The job that I am in, I'm the first person to have this job. I am the first program manager for our club's program ever in the United yeah, States. Yeah, it's
0: neat. That's awesome. Yeah, so
1: I mean, so this job didn't exist when I was in college, like what like when I was in middle school. So with that, I I think what I've what I've told folks and other students I've talked to in the past is that identifying like what your passion is, identifying maybe it's research, like you love working in a lab. Maybe it's thinking about how technology can connect people or thinking about how it can be used for art. Or maybe you want to be part of creating apps on like, that's what my brother has done in the past. And then recognizing the importance of just some of the, some of the skills that I feel like we don't emphasize enough just from being able to like communication skills, communication verbally communication in writing from being able to also to present in front of a group of people if that sounds terrifying to you that's okay you don't have to do
0: that all the time <laughs> yeah no yeah but having
1: that as a skill and and also thinking about like skills around like just working with a team and working with like collaborating like i am collaborating with people from all different backgrounds and all different parts of the world and it's such an incredible experience it could also be a challenging experience like for the first time it was really interesting to Get on the like a call and talk with my colleagues and have everyone be experiencing the pandemic, whereas that was not the case before. And as we, yeah, and in the future, there's going to be situations. And now even the pandemic looks different in different countries. I mentioned it earlier, but I think practicing empathy, like practicing your willingness to learn from other people and listen, can be such a powerful tool in STEM, and it's something we need more of in STEM. We need people who care about people. And so
0: I love that. Oh my goodness. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? Just since it was so good. <laughs> um, we
1: need people who care about people in STEM. Yeah. Just like the skill of coding, just like the skill of writing. I believe that empathy is something you have to practice. It takes time, and but it, it's, it's also a really incredible thing to practice because it, it, yeah. it you practice it by just talking to people. That's, I, that's something I miss more than anything. I was really lucky and hopefully will be lucky in the future. I got to travel a lot and just meet people and hear their stories. And that is something where STEM can only get better, in my opinion, if we have obviously like, more diversity, but also more people who are willing to just hear stories and take those stories and think about how it can make stem better.
0: Well, you're doing amazing. Like, oh my goodness. Like I did not expect to like have this much in my brain. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so many good pieces of advice I can take from this and apply to my life. It's so cool.
1: Oh yay. That's all that matters. But for me, like hearing that you are getting value from what I'm saying, like that is so powerful to me. And that's it's so important for us to realize that like in a sense we're all we can all have influence just in our own oh, spheres. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. about like there are people who do it as a job, and they are influencers, and it's fascinating. I, tr- it's, I think it's fascinating. I am, yeah,
0: like, it's so fascinating uh, am, seeing the impact they have. Yeah,
1: it is wild to see, but it's also important to realize that like you can have such a powerful influence on just the people around you, and that also goes for like for the roles in STEM and just how when we think about just the role of Zoom, Google Hangouts in the world today like that oh my technology yes. is is what people are using regularly and thinking about who are the people in those spaces creating that technology what do those people look like what experiences do they have what perspectives do they have and we need to get more diverse perspectives into those spaces so that we have A single mom in that space who can think about how this tool can be helpful for a single mom so that we have a family, a woman who is a man or like it like just there's so many perspectives out there. We need those perspectives in the STEM space. Something we have at the Raspberry Pi Foundation is a program we started as a direct response uh, to the pandemic is digital making at home. And this is a weekly content series where we pick a theme and we do code along videos and we have resources for kids to code along with us based on that theme. So you can go to rpf.io slash home and you can check out those past projects. You can check out our upcoming themes. You can see videos of me in space in the matrix. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have done a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fun stuff. But I think that would be a um, resource that I definitely want. I would encourage folks to check out and you can also like reach out to us there and let us know what resources you need. I think something like I, I would love to hear from folks and know how we can help folks on their digital making journey.
0: That's awesome. I love that you've done that, like, in response to this, like, just in the last, what, six, seven months that you've made this, yep. you've reached <laughs> out and you've, like, that just showing, like, going back to what you said earlier about, you know, we need more people in STEM who care about people. Yeah. That's something, like, that you have developed, that your your organization has developed for other people to enjoy on this journey in the, like, in the unknown that we're that it's we're a journey. experiencing right now. And
1: this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for inviting me on. This is. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Thank
0: you for doing this. I love like seeing into your brain a little bit and entering your world and seeing the way you think and imagine things. I love it. it just gives me so much inspiration to be creative and embrace my true authenticity. Yes. Uh, oh yes. If I can't. Oh, I can't
1: say words, but it's fine. That's okay. Sometimes when we're excited, it's hard to speak. But like, I, I hear. What, I hear with my heart what you're saying. <laughs> but that that uh, that that fills me up. If that's what you took away from this conversation, that's the most important thing because like folks can learn to code. You can learn about science. You can learn about technology, but learning about like what you bring to that and what your passion is, like that's, that's so important. And that's, what's gonna like, will bring STEM to life for you.
0: We want to send a big thank you to Christina from Raspberry Pi for joining us today. We gained a great deal of insight on the power of true authenticity and creativity. We hope you learned something new. If you'd like to learn more about TechPoint Foundation for Youth and the thousands of students we serve in Indiana or the programs we provide for STEM education, please visit techpointyouth.org. We want to hear from you. Call us at 317-975-0078 and leave a voicemail. You may even hear your question on the show.